Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It is the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 124. My name is Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. DW with me, writing over there, scribbling like a madman. How you doing? I am. I'm doing fine, thank you very much. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I'm enjoying April now. I mean, I can't believe it's you know springtime is here. I love this time of year. You, you have a certain spring glow about you. So it's like <laughs> it, it spring sets, sets you well. It's like a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's more than that. It's a, it's it's plural. Je ne sais quoi's. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly tell you, no one's ever said that about me before. So right. I'm not sure to agree. Thank you. I don't know how to feel right now. This is new. Well, you can look it up. Clearly, you've never been pregnant before. Yeah. Well, you're not glowing. Thought that was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned never to ask that. You don't have to worry about ever asking me that. Thing. Did you learn that by experience? No, <laughs> I just learned that by somebody else asking it, <laughs> and me having to turn away and laugh. You know, speaking of pregnant, you're going to be a dad times two pretty soon. Yes, pretty soon here, like probably like a month and a half, right around the corner. We'll have uh, numero dos, and that's Jason for you guys who are new to the show. And we also have with us Tara Kay is in studio with us tonight. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Yeah, it's good to be hanging out and. So, Jason, are you excited? I mean, is it kind of oh, I'm super in excited. Yet? It's kind of, it's a crazy time. Perfect planning on our parts. Because a week and a half after his due date is when our summer starts. So it's, it's, it, we're going to, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So you'll be just diving in. Wild and crazy. Yeah. Yep. But it'll be good. God is good. There's loads of people. And uh, we're having a boy. So. David is a good name. That's my <laughs> first son's middle name. Yes. Aiden David. Yes, well, David would be a great first name, too. I mean, just saying. Well, I was already taken by somebody with a deep voice. Oh, yeah. Well, if I find him, I'm going to ask him if you could borrow it. You do that. I'll be looking. Dave just wants us to hear his name over and over. Oh, well. Yeah, he's a kind of sewer. I'm waiting for a girl to be named Davida. Davida? Davida. I actually have a niece. Named Davida? Davida. I want to meet this niece. I I think it's her middle name. Well, it's close enough. I'll probably never get a Davida. So it'd be close. <laughs> you never know. Never know. You never know. I don't even know if that's really a name. I guess you could call people whatever you want. Nowadays, yeah. you, can, you can come up with any name you want. Do you ever have anyone named Hey You? No, but I'm sure it's out there. That would be hilarious. Hey You? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a funny name, wouldn't it? Would it be a funny name? Hey You. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's your name? Hey You. No, what's your name? Hey You. <laughs> what? <laughs> what would their last name be? Uh, I don't know. Okay. We, yeah. I don't know. We'd have to who figure me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, who me? <laughs> Can you imagine? What's his name? What's your name? Hey, you, who me? What are we talking about? How did we get here? Not names. All I mean. right. Well, 
Hey, you. Who, me? <laughs> <laughs> and then his best friend will be Haha. We have Haha Clinton Dix. Yeah, we do. And tonight, good to be back with you guys. We took a week off for Easter, and uh, hopefully you had a great Easter holiday if you have celebrated and had some time at home. These holidays that we have can be difficult, and this show is all about having conversations that we believe save lives. And so the things we'll talk about, yeah, we have fun on the show. Yeah, we tie in some things that might be a little bit sensitive, things that you're not quite sure how to wrestle with things that might be real in your life and so the idea is to help you have great conversations this week and actually talk about things that matter with the people that are closest to you so however that works out in your life we hope this is a catalyst for that and tonight our topic really is about when you don't have life altogether. Um, I remember the years that I was in college, this time of year was you're kind of in that spring break element, but then you know that you're going to have some midterms coming up soon, some finals, and there comes a point in your college semester, and this I don't know if it's all semesters, but for me it was like spring semester, you get through that spring break and you come back and you're like, zero motivation, it's like you have negative motivation, you're almost having to con yourself into going back to class and studying and giving it even... 10% of your effort, let alone 110%. So I, I don't know if that's the point that you're in in your life, but I recall that being kind of this time of year where it's yeah. like you just, spring is coming, the weather, you know, it's just all this stuff works. You know, it's like a perfect storm. There, there's contrasting feelings. I mean, yeah. really, you're, you're saying, oh man, it's summer, I'd like to get out of school. And if you're a senior, especially, you look at it and go, wait a minute, if I'm out of school, I'm out of my friends, and, and then I have to do this. And, and you have these feelings that are conflicting. I mean, you're having a, a baby soon, baby boy. Yes. And it's during a very busy time of year. It is. Your feelings are conflicting. I mean, it's like, you know what? This is going to be really, really, really exciting. And, ooh, it's going to be really, really exciting to get ready for summer. And, ooh, it's going to be really, really, really busy at home. And, oh, it's going to be really, really busy at you know, work. And yeah. We live in a life. We, we all live where there's contrasting feelings that are going to go on. So I think we can talk about how do we deal with that. I mean, it, has that always been happening? Do people always have that conflicting? And what happens if you try and just get rid of it and try and say, well, I'm not. You know what? I think you go numb and you don't enjoy anything. Yeah, our responses are different. Some of us embrace that. I mean, you have to choose one or the other and just kind of press through. Some people just maybe, you know, I've been guilty of just kind of letting it go and just letting life take me. If you embrace that, yeah. are you ADHD? I don't know what you are, but... I mean, honestly, I mean, when you look at it, and, and things are going crazy like everywhere, and you look at it and you like it, is that normal or is that... I couldn't, I don't have that kind of experience. Yeah, like, okay. I just kind of get overwhelmed by a lot of stuff that is like, it's just easy just to let yourself go. And, and when, go when do you, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Escape. How? I, I don't know. For people, it's different. For me, um, video games tend to be the natural okay. thing. Like, I'll just go... So and, you tune out. Yeah, tune out. And just pretend it's not there. Like putting your head in the sand and hoping all the problems go away. Yeah, or until my wife gets home where I can just at least say, hey, you're home. <laughs> <laughs> Would somebody please deal with this? <laughs> you take care of this. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. And, and, but that doesn't really solve anything. I mean, really, it doesn't make any situation better when you go into neutral. Not really. So what should we do if something's going on? I mean, through script, through time, when you look in the Bible even, there, there were a lot of times where things just didn't seem to be going well. Have you ever been conflicted when, when you're around somebody and, and you have this conflicted spirit because it's your friend, they're doing something that's going to hurt them. You don't want to say anything because you want to be a good friend, but you know you need to say something because you're a good friend, but you don't want to say anything because you're going to be a good friend. Do you go into, do you go play video games then? Oh, uh, no. That's one of those where I would tend to decide on caution. I mean, if I'm a good friend, I have to say something. 
Right. But does everybody do that or do they do go play video games and bury themselves and pretend it doesn't happen? Well, I wasn't really ever somebody that liked conflict. So if I saw even somebody else having conflict in their life, like I didn't feel like it was my job to go and butt my nose in and say something. And maybe it's not sometimes. I mean, sometimes maybe it's, it's not, not yeah. but maybe it is. And I'm just yeah. saying when you see something in life that will cause you to get into this conflicted thought process, how do you deal with that conflicted thought process where it turns out being a win instead of a, a loss? Because if you just go play video games or something, nothing's going to go well after that, especially if something happens to somebody. You could have stopped it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, exactly what you're saying, Dave, is always what I talk about when I talk with young people, specifically when I'm teaching people about how to spot situations in their friends that might lead to vulnerability, making them susceptible, susceptible to trafficking, which is what I help uh, people out with with Damascus Road. And we teach students, if you see something going on in your friend's life, that you should say something. If you see something, to say something. Because I know a lot of young people say, well, I didn't really want to get involved. It's not any of my business. But... When people have gotten involved, when their friends have said something, then that's where somebody's gotten help. That's how their friend was able to get help and get out of the situation, even though they may have thought, well, this is none of my business, but they were bold and stepped in. And, and if they, they didn't, help. how would they feel? If something happened, how would they feel? I know a situation that exact same thing happened, and I know the parent of this child who was trafficked, and her friends knew what was going on, and the mom wished, you know, I wished her friends would have said something, because they just kind of even joked about it, and they really had no idea how it was setting this person up for long-term issues that she's dealing with on a, on a long-term basis, even though the situation, she's no longer in it, but just mentally and emotionally, she's still dealing with things that if her friends would have interjected, that could have been solved a lot sooner and she could be living a healthy, normal life right now. Well, if you felt like you just are letting things go on autopilot lately, don't tune out of the show. This is going to be a great episode, a great conversation for you. Join us tonight on the Tweetback. We're hanging out on Twitter, and you can let your voice be heard. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is just getting started here on Hobnet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. Especially tonight, things are going on in your world and you feel confused, you feel like you're isolated, you feel like life is just a bunch of trouble for you. Come and chat with a live coach. Talk to him about what's going on in your life at hopenet360.com. Jeff, Dave, Jason, and Tara Kay in studio with you guys tonight. And our conversation has to do with whenever your life feels like you just don't have it all together. And the time of year that this is where it's easy to become demotivated. Dave, you were talking about conflicting feelings and conflicting emotions. You know, one of those is I wish I was back on a beach and I wish I was not having to sit here and do my homework assignments tonight or, you know, write this paper or get ready for this test. And just the feelings of just wanting to be done. Those are kind of typical this time of year. Yeah. Why do people feel like when they get homework and, and assignments from school, why do they feel like that's not a good thing? Why is that a bad thing? Uh, some of it is mentality. Some of it was just being tired of doing it. Why go to you know, school? Why is up any, your free time. Why is anybody going to school? All right, that's a big question of the... Jason, why did you go to school? 
Uh, partially because I had to and then because I wanted to. Did you go to learn something? I mean, did you go to high school and say, boy, today I get to learn something? Mm, rarely. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Then why do kids go to school? You gotta go to school. What else are you going to do? Oh, we had your a, friends. You know what's funny? We had to make a law so people go to school. Well, right. Because would they go on their own? I liked school. Okay. We have one teacher's pet. <laughs> I went, <laughs> I went to, to college to become on a my teacher. own I finally got to study something I wanted to okay. learn. Yeah. So you went to college, you went on your own, and you actually wanted to learn. Right. Good for you. That That's actually what it should be. But how many people, I mean, they have to have a law in our country for people to go to school. Because if they didn't have the law, how many wouldn't go? A lot. Why? Why do we make them go? Do you think that maybe we have to look at it differently? If I'm a student, if I'm in high school right now, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to school, like, i got to start thinking, all right, if I'm going to school and I have to be there anyway, why don't I learn something? Not, not why don't I just get a good grade or whatever else. Why don't I actually learn something? There's actually people there who would be willing to teach me things. Have you ever been in another country where kids are just dying to go to school? I mean, they want to go to school. They, they, want, to, they want to learn it's such a privilege for them to go because they get to learn if they go to school. And if they don't go to school, they don't get to. I've never been to a place like that. Oh, I have. I've heard about it. Yeah, you I've know, seen kids. And especially when someone is sponsoring them to go to school. Right. And so then you've got the haves and the have-nots. That, yeah. That's the, the tendency to... They, they so desperately want to learn. Yeah. Going to school is a privilege and an honor. They would never think about not doing their homework. They wouldn't think about it. You see, we have a different mentality in the United States. It's kind of like once you believe that school doesn't have any real meaning, and it does, by the way, but if you've gotten to the point where you're saying, it's just a holding thing, I just got to do this, I just got to get a grade, I got to get through it, you're probably not going to get out of school what you should, and you're probably going to regret that because now it becomes a place where you're just playing a game, and you know you're playing a game, and you're not as happy as you should be because you can't be because everything's fake around you. I, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes the conflicting spirits are, I really don't want to be here because I've seen the futility of it. I'm just here getting grades. I'm not learning anything. So you don't see the reason to do homework. And so then you're saying, but i got to be here. So now you're forcing yourself to do something you don't even want to do because you don't even see the purpose of it. So sometimes it's realigning your purpose. Tara, how did you come to the conclusion that you liked school? Well, when I came home from school, I liked to play school. <laughs> I liked to be the teacher. Well, then I went to school to become a teacher. So there you go. I guess I really liked school. But I don't know. I just liked, got to do fun activities and had workbooks. And my parents were both teachers. Maybe it just was in the family. Maybe it's because you were one of those girls that liked school. I did. I liked school. A lot of people look back and they say, oh, I hated middle school or I hated high school. I didn't really, I liked school. Although when I got into college, I think maybe I was just exhausted with school and I really should have been paying the most attention there because I was paying a lot for it. <laughs> but I don't know if I look back on high school or grade school and think I wish I would have paid attention more because I think I paid attention pretty well there. I think maybe by college I was just burnt out and I kind of played the game and just did what I needed to do. Read the back of the book and read you, the you didn't, did a book review and you got good grades, but I don't remember anything. You didn't stare out the window and wish you were out there. I did, but no. you know, I don't. I don't. There are few. I, I liked my Bible classes. I remember a lot from those, but a lot of my other classes, I don't really know that I remember a whole lot about them. Or there were books that we were supposed to read, and I did well taking the test without reading them. But now I thought, you know, how much would I really have learned if I actually would have done the homework? Yeah. You know, I, I think I would even take it a step further because as I'm, as we're talking, I'm kind of thinking about my experience, and I think 
the aspects of school that I liked were the ones where my teachers intentionally invested into me. Right. You right. know, because I, you have, you have both teachers, you have the teachers who are there to, just because it's their job. And I really, as I look back about it, those were the classes I didn't like, yeah. but those teachers that went kind of above and beyond because they understood that they were there to teach and transfer knowledge to you. Those were the classes I look back on. And those were my favorite classes. Young people that are listening, if they're, they're in school now and they're bored and they don't, you know, here's what I want to suggest for you. Change your attitude. Yeah. Go to school with the idea like this. It's not about getting a grade. It's actually about learning. And, and go talk to your teachers. You, you shock them, but go talk to them and say, I really want to learn in this class. I want to learn what I need to learn. I want to understand what you understand. Just tell them that. And you know what? It'd be shocking. You would be amazed at how the teacher starts helping you and you start learning. Now, all of a sudden, homework becomes something that is a little bit more, not, not just tolerable, but something you actually enjoy because you're saying, ooh, I just learned this. I just learned this. I just learned this. And there is a thrill in learning. Yeah. There is. And so what you want to do is change the mentality. There is no thrill in just trying to get a grade and pretending you learned. Yeah, you know, I just talked to this young man. There's a young man that I have been kind of in a mentor role with for the last few months here. And, and smart young man, bright young man, very uh, driven young man, which is exciting. You know, when you get a, a teenager that kind of knows what they want to do with themselves and they don't really have any hangups and they're not really, you know, they're not hard to work with, unreasonable. They really have a drive to actually work hard. I, I love hanging out with those young people. And that's, you know, that's the kind of person that I was. And so he was talking about how when he went to work, you know, he's got a job now and, and some of the kids that he works with, it's, you know, he was talking about how he's hanging around with teenagers and found himself after a while starting to not like his school. He's a homeschooled kid and kind of the culture there is a bunch of kids that don't like school. Right. And once you know it, pretty soon that attitude got contagious and he was like, I hate school. You know, you hate school. I hate school. We can be friends, you know, and it, it kind of becomes this contagious thing. So it's almost like one attitude gives life to another attitude mm -hmm. and, uh, and it kind of spurs it on it in a way where you may not have hated school. I actually, I did like school. I liked fired class. That was my favorite one because yeah. <laughs> you could throw stuff around and yeah. play badminton. But I also did well in classes like spelling or reading or writing stuff. Um, math, I was pretty decent. I was pretty good at school. I mean, I was good at getting grades. I was also, yeah. I enjoyed it. But then there was a part of just, you know, tests and all those things that come with it, all the lumps of homework. And I did a private school for a couple of years. So there was that element where it was, I got a lot of homework, a lot of reading. And so that was good for college hmm. years. But I, you know, I there. found I didn't like school. But I, as I got older, I love education. I love it. I mean, I went into it. I have my master's in education and I do it all the time. I didn't like school, but I loved teaching and I loved learning. And I, and, I, and I look back on my time and I say, what happened? How come I didn't like school? Because I really thought, and this was my mistake, but I thought it was about getting grades. It, I never thought about it as learning anything. My teacher's making me read this book. I got to read it to get a grade. So I read it. I never even wanted to read it. I can't remember what it said. I just read it because I was supposed see, it was my attitude. I, if those that are listening, I, what I'm suggesting is that you adjust your attitude. Because right now, if you think that school is about just getting a grade and just getting by and, and just fooling people and just doing things you're told because you're a prisoner of school, it's not. It, you can actually learn and, and what I found out as I'm older is I love learning and I love that process, but I don't like playing the game of just getting grades. And, and so change your attitude in that sense and you will change your desires as far as going to school, your happiness, your contentment, the whole works is going to be different.
All right, when we come back on the show, we're going to talk about this and see how it relates, not just in school, but in other areas of our life. You can join us on the Tweetback right now. We are hanging out on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Also, while you're there, you can check out tonight's show notes. And on our show notes, we've got a couple of events coming up this month and in May. And so to tell us more about that, Tara Kay, I know you've got an event coming up in a couple weeks. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Just revisit this this conference you have coming up in just just under a couple weeks now. Yeah, it's coming up real quick. It's uh, Saturday, April 16th. It's going to be held at Oshkosh Community Church. Um, it's called Sisterhood Hope Conference, and it's from 9 to 2. You can go on and find all the information on HopeNet360.com, or you can check out our Facebook page on Damascus Road. But really, the conference is the main speaker is Harmony Dust, and she is uh, an advocate now and, and used to be a former um, exotic dancer and had spent many years in that life. And God brought her out of that. She wrote a book called Scars and Stilettos, and she's coming from California to speak. So it's going to be a really neat opportunity to hear about how, you know, her story, and I'm going to be talking about trafficking and what Damascus Road does and what we do, what kind of local outreach we do and and what is going on locally with trafficking. But Mm -hmm. it's also a conference to just um, encourage women. It would be great for mothers and daughters to come um, and just encourage people that, you know, through Harmony's story, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same story as hers, but just an example of how somebody who you know, went through something difficult and she wasn't even forced into it. She had chosen that lifestyle, but an example of where God brought her and, and God could do the same for anyone. So, you know, if you're struggling with something in your life or you just want some encouragement, um, it'd be a great opportunity to go and there's going to be other vendors set up. We're going to have a better way imports set up. So we'd love to have you come out and um, stop by our table and say hi. There's also another speaker that'll be there. You're going to be speaking. Oh, yeah. I'll be speaking, too. I thought I said that. But I'll be speaking, um, sharing about what Damascus Road does and how people can get involved. I share in the area. I speak about trafficking and um, the different signs that people should be aware of, especially parents with their teenagers or things that you can... um, you know, look for if something's going on with your friends that you can look out for. So we'll have literature at our table. I'm going to be um, speaking at the conference as well. But I've just had a lot of people ask me how they can be involved with things that we are doing as far as outreach or helping women that have gone through this situation and are now going through recovery. So we'll have some ideas there for how you can get involved or maybe a women's group at your church or um, men's group or small group. We just are wanting to give people opportunity to get involved as a family even. It's so important, not just women, but men to get involved and be become advocates because their, their daughters and the women in their lives see them. If they're standing up for women that have been um, trafficked or abused, it's a just a wonderful example of what uh, a man should be and is. So Sisterhood Hope Conference, April 16th, details on our show notes. Dave, you got another thing that's coming up that I think will be a good thing for men to be involved with. Yeah, you know what? We have a men's retreat that I'm going to teach at uh, May 13th to 15th. Go to soberbirdtrans.org, look it up. And, uh, you know, come and we do men's stuff. Just come and get ready to do man stuff. And anyone that's a man listening to me knows what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> 
You know, you come and we'll do men's stuff. Will you be doing that one thing? <laughs> Will I be doing men's stuff? That one thing? That one, one, that one thing that men do. You we'll, know. we'll be doing all things that men do, yes. We're doing <laughs> men's stuff. You know, it, it, basically, I just love teaching men. I love the opportunity to open the Bible, talk about things that are important. And I'm with Tara Kay here. I mean, we, we need to be leaders and love our families and do the things that we should be doing. And a men's retreat allows us to talk about that while we go to a shooting range, too, and do things that men do and eat food that men eat and that kind of thing. So if you want to get out of the house for a weekend, and you were talking about just breaking away this spring and doing something kind of different and unusual. And ladies that are listening, man, get your man to come to this men's retreat. He'll be a better man for it. So I'll be there. Jason will be around. We got some others that are coming, so come say hi. Jeff, if you want to come, you can come. I'm giving you an invitation right here. Come to the weekend if you'd like to or part of yeah. it, and and uh, we'll see what we can do together. And that's May 13th through the 15th. It is. Yep. And that's also under our show notes on our website, hopenet360.com. All right, guys, uh, great conversation. Um, one that I think every one of us needs to analyze in our life. And honestly, when we talk about not feeling like going through the motions or going through and, and fulfilling our duties or obligations affects our jobs. It can affect us at any age. It's not just because you're in high school or middle school or in college. It, it doesn't matter. This can affect us on a lot of different ways in all facets of life. Well, let me, let me ask you guys something. I'll start with Jason. Jason, what is it? I mean, have you ever felt like just blah, just kind of the blues? Just Sure. Yeah. What makes you feel that way? Why are you that way? I don't know. Sometimes I blame it on the weather. Okay. Tara, can you just feel blah? Like, who cares? Definitely. What makes you feel that way? I don't know. I think sometimes it has to do with maybe expectations that I had that were unmet. Okay. So I get disappointed and I get down and then I kind of think, well, why should I even expect anything in general? Like, I just kind of get complacent or I kind of lose hope a little bit. Why should I hope for anything after I've been disappointed? Right. Jeff? I think grieving is one, too, when you're grieving the loss of someone that you either, maybe they did pass away or maybe the relationship is fractured and you're no longer, you know, it, having those conversations that you once had and the experiences. And, and so there's just kind of this sense of loss. And so you just kind of are blah. So, so it makes you, it, it, it gives you this kind of numb feeling, right? Like numbness that takes over. I mean, there's there's pain. I don't know that it totally goes to numbness right away. But but eventually, it's a, it's kind of a, a an escape kind of thing. Or well, I mean, yeah. After time, you can't just feel that way and, and not be okay. Like, yeah, do you feel the freedom? Any of you? Do you feel the freedom to just call it what it is? I mean, when I when I lose a friend I, and we have lost some in the last uh, couple of weeks to to death, it's like it's okay to say this stinks. I hate this. See what what that does for me is get it out right away. It's like you know this stinks. But now I have a choice. I have a choice to focus on the the temporal, the things that don't work, the things. You know, when we look at life and we focus on the idea that, all right, I'm in a relationship. I've been married 36 years. Now, I could be focusing on the fact that, okay, I've been married 36 years. I'm getting older. Oh, no, one day one of us is going to die. Now, I could ruin the rest of our marriage thinking, you know what? This is going to be taken away from me one day. I'm not going to have it. And I could be, I could be told, I, then I just shouldn't care. I, I, I can't do anything about, it. no, you know what I need to do? I need to love my wife with, with all my heart and all my soul. All my, I, I need to do that. And, and you know, one of us probably will die first. And when that happens, okay, I can say that stinks. And, and in the process, I haven't missed out. So sometimes I think we're, we're trying to protect ourselves in a way when we don't need to. And, and, and because we're trying to protect ourselves, we go nuts in our brain. We're, 
It's okay. There are times where you should feel poor, feel badly. I had a couple friends. Um, one that was not so close, but was a, a nurse in the Anago area that got uh, out on her bike ride and got run over by a car. And, and another friend of mine that all of a sudden just wasn't communicating anymore and looked him up online and saw his obituary. He had got hit, you know, he got in a car accident, head on, and, and died. No wonder he didn't communicate. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my goodness. You know, these people are gone. They went out one day, said goodbye to their spouses, and, and, and said, I'll be back in a half hour or so, and boom, they're, they're, they never came back. Now, I'm telling you something. You could just get numb saying, that could happen. I mean, the one nurse that I know, she was so healthy. She was the epitome of health. If anybody should live to be 250 years old, it should have been her. Mm. And she got hit by a car from the rear and died you know, out on the street. There's a couple of ways you can react to that. And what I'm saying is embrace the reality of say that stinks. And then think, okay, what can I do in my life to prepare for things that are inevitable, as Terry Kay was talking about, for the expectations so that I can live and enjoy this life, but don't suppress the pain because you're not going to do okay if you suppress the pain. Yeah, and I think those points in your life where, you know, you just, you feel like you don't have it all together, you're overwhelmed, and so you try to escape, you kind of lose sight of the overall bigger picture and you lose sight of what's really important. And while those things bring about feelings in your life and you feel like, oh, I wish... You know, I could just have that conversation. The other part of it is, well, there really aren't any guarantees in life. So I can sit around and I can continue in my mess and my dysfunction and not having it all together. And, and that could be okay. I'm not saying grief is a bad thing. Grief is definitely something you have to work through. But I think there will come a point when you have to figure out, okay, what am I living for? And so you're, you're thinking, well, how does this relate to school? How does it relate to tests and all that? Well, it's a bigger picture process. You have to take a step back and look at it from that perspective and, in a way, come back to reality. So in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about this, how this relates, how we work through it, and just some practical steps that you can take if you've been feeling this. So keep it here on the show. You can connect with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, go back and download the podcast on our website, HopeNet360.com. You can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And we are available on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, whatever your favorite podcasting app is. You can catch this show there. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara Kay on the show tonight. And we've been having a great conversation about when we just don't feel like life is jiving, that we, we kind of feel like things are out of control, and and we just tend to be okay with that. We take a back seat. And so we're talking about how this relates in our life. We talked a lot about school and dealing with that. And, and if you're in college or you're a high school student, and now is kind of that time where you're going through midterms and... You're just kind of wondering, like, why am I doing this? Why am I even going through it anymore? And we kind of wrapped up this first half of the show just asking that question, you know, trying to look at our life in a way where we're questioning, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I think that you kind of get to that point when you start feeling these feelings, like you talked about, Dave, conflicting feelings. Right. Should I quit? Should I not? I mean, when do I know when the next decision needs to be made? Does the decision have to be yeah, made? You know what? There's a lot of shame in that for people. I mean, they're thinking, I'm going to school, I'm doing this, but I, I'm wondering why, but I better not say so because 
after all, you go to school, you're supposed to do well. You know what I would suggest? If you're not really knowing why you're going to school and why you're studying and why, go talk to somebody who's in the field that you want to get into. I mean, go talk to them. Let, let's say you wanted to be uh, somebody that works in, uh, uh, I don't know, you want to be a mechanic, all right? And you're, you're, you're wondering, you're going to tech school right now, and you're wondering, should I do it this way or should I get certified on my own or whatever? And I'm, I'm wondering, well, go talk to a guy that's there. Go talk to somebody and say, here's what I'm wondering and give me some advice. Part of our cultural problem is that we just don't really want to include others who are ahead of us and just talk to them about it and, and get their advice, because some of them may say and give you some really good reasons why you should go and continue that education and finish it. And now you got it from somebody in the field. You might get the opposite where somebody comes and says, you're right. I wouldn't go there. I would do this. Now, okay, you just got confirmation. Go talk to another one that's in the field. You would benefit yourself by making sure that there's some older people in your life that are already doing what you would like to do. And make sure you include them in on honest discussions of how you're thinking and feeling about life. And I think that conversation could really save your life and really give you a new perspective. Look at my life, though. My life is such that I started out in pharmacy. Okay. And you know how I picked that major? You like drugs? There was a cute girl in class. (laughs) (laughs) We have 100% confidence in you, Jeff. Yeah. I think you'll do fine. No, you, you you get these, like, spreadsheets of... Uh, industries that you could go into and then the average starting income that you can get to and and you see a number of like eight years in college and you think well i've already done you know 12 years in high school might as well just do eight more right <laughs> so you pick out this plan and you're like oh so they start you like six figure salary oh that's awesome so i go back to my parents and my family and i'm like and they're like so what are you gonna do when you graduate i'm like well i'm gonna go to school for pharmacy and they're like oh great because they'll give you a car and they'll give you a you know starting bonus or whatever and you know so you have these lofty you know somewhat unrealistic goals, not realizing that it's a chemistry major uh, right. overall. And chemistry was not my favorite science. I liked biology, so I was more in the life science kind of a field. Nobody was there to say, well, what are your grades in chemistry? Like, are you taking like an AP chemistry course? Like, why would you want to go into chemistry? And I'm thinking, well, I just want the money, you know? So nobody really, there was a disconnect there. There wasn't, so I was in school, I was doing okay in math and but my interests were different. My interests right. were such that uh, I knew I was called in a ministry. I knew that I was going through life, and I was I was doing this track because this is my plan A, and then you know, or my plan B, so that when I wanted to actually do the the part where I'm supposed to be called to go into ministry, that I could just fall back on pharmacy right. because that seems like a smart idea. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's real simple. You know, I did the same thing at Wheaton. I, I was going and I was a PE major, and the reason I was a PE major was because I really wanted my summers off. And I wanted to work at camp. I mean, it's not that I wanted them off. I wanted to work at camp and, and do that. So I needed to find a job that would give me the three months off that I could work at camp. And I thought, PE major, you learn all this PE stuff. That would be good for camp. And then, you know what? I found out there was a lot of science in that PE major stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I switched majors like real fast. It was like, <laughs> man, you got to know science. So I said, what, what can I do? Well, I can do fifth grade math. So I became an elementary education major. And that's how I switched. I mean, it was like, I could do their stuff. I, I'll go do that. And, and then I became a, <laughs> a, an elementary school teacher. And, and I loved it, by the way. I mean, I really got into my niche and I loved it. It was really for me. But I off thinking, well, I need to, you know, I'm a football player, hockey player. I'll, I'll, I'll just be a PE major. That ought to be easy. PE majors just do PE. I mean, I could yeah. do that. Right. 
Well, no, I found out you had to learn like everything about the body. That was tough. I said, I'm out of here. This, I, I, I can't even spell kinesiology, much less take the course. So to all you PE majors out there, you're brilliant. Like You must have been brilliant to be a PE major. <laughs> they um, could probably go right into pharmacy. They, they probably could. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, it's a, it's a matter of looking at it. And, and, you know, I didn't really ask a whole lot of people. I just kind of did what I thought at that point. Right. Well, if I would have continued, it would have been very disillusioning because I really wasn't interested in science. I wasn't interested in the body parts and all that. Yeah, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't medical at all. I faint at the sight of blood. I don't want to know that stuff. I wanted to actually be in education. That's what I wanted. I wanted to learn how people think. I wanted, and that became more the educational theory and philosophy, that kind of stuff. It wasn't. I didn't care how the knee was connected to the elbow. They are somehow <laughs> the knee <laughs> to the elbow. Well. <laughs> Through a series, now, see, here's the reason why series, you want to be. <laughs> through I think a ser- even a fifth grader knows. No, 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 no. Even, even an elementary school of no, connections, head, shoulders, no, 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 knees, no, no, no. and toes. Yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah. knows no, the song. The, the Not knees, the knee, elbow. The knees go up to the thigh, go up to the hip, go up to the belly button, the and that goes over to the right rib, which goes over to the shoulder, down to the elbow. You don't even so know it the is song. connected somehow. Glad we got that established. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bottom line really is, I I think that. Honestly, the the conversation that you can have with somebody needs to be an honest conversation about something where you look and you say you have no regrets. I really knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work here in the summers with children. But there was no full-time way to do it. So I was figuring out another way to do it. In the process, I did figure it out, but it took a while, and that's okay. I mean, you have to figure out where the niches are and how you can do it. And eventually, I even got my master's degree in education so that I could have the qualifications, at least, to stand up against the scrutiny that might come from somebody who's running a ministry like this. Eventually, I was really into the framework that I needed to be, but it took a while. So somebody that feels like they're out of whack right now, don't keep going out of whack. You just get further out of whack. You know, stop. I've even suggested to young people, take a year off. You know, you're, you're really not sure where you're going right now. Don't just keep going. Just stop for a second. Stop. And, and we have people come to Nicolay Bible that do that. I mean, they come for a year, just learn Bible, learn to serve, and in the process, they're praying about where they go and getting some counseling, and then they head back in a, usually a different direction. That's okay. Do that. Don't just keep going in a direction that, that you say is something that's not going to work. I mean, talk to somebody. Start switching a little bit and, and see. Um, and sometimes a harder discussion we could have could be, what if you're headed in a direction that like everyone in your family says you should go, but you really don't want to do that. And Oof. that's, and they're paying that's the tricky. bills and doing things and that could get you crazy too. I was kind of the same way of just trying to figure out, you know, I think I have an idea even now of what I would like to do, but it didn't always take the path that I thought that it would take. It wasn't a completely... I went to school to get an education degree, but I didn't actually teach in a classroom. And I think, though, what's important is I still have an idea of what I what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> but, you know, I still have that dream kind of like you wanted to work at the camp. You know, I, I like what I do now. and I work with um, women who are victims of trafficking. I'd love to be able to do that full time. That would be my goal. But along the way, and I've done that full time, I've done that part time. And I think it's important to enjoy the process and look at the different things that while sometimes I look at it and think, 
man, I'm so confused. I don't really know where I'm going. But then sometimes I look back and go, but look at how many neat opportunities I've had that maybe I wouldn't have had if I thought that I, you know, this is what I want. This is exactly how I get there. And I'm just going straight for it versus, yeah, I know what I am looking for. I know what I kind of want to do. But, you know, along the way, it's been a little different than the way I thought it would be. But I've had some pretty neat opportunities that I didn't ever think that I would ever have along the way. That wasn't exactly a direct path to what I wanted to do. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. More on this conversation when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Also on our website, learn about QPR training. We do offer free training for local groups, community groups, schools, businesses, church groups. You can learn about the signs of suicide and depression. You can schedule me to come out and train. I'd love to come and train your group at HopeNet360.com slash QPR. So learn more about that there. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara K with you on the show. Tara, you said something interesting that resonates with me. This whole idea of, of enjoying the process of life, especially when you're just not comfortable in the season of life that you're in, for whatever reason. It could be that you got spring break fever, and now it's like you just don't have the motivation that you had before, and losing sight of really why you're doing what you're doing is one part of it. But then another part is, how do we enjoy the process in the midst of the process? Am I actually willing to enjoy the process? It's kind of painful. I don't really feel like doing this. I, Whatever. I'm not, like you said, Dave, like there's just an uncertainty of why I'm in this program and why I'm studying this. And I I felt that I'm sure that we're not the only ones that feel this way. Something that we had talked about when we were talking about what we'll talk about on the show, Dave brought up this question. Can you be comfortable and be successful? And, you know, a lot of us, maybe it's different times in our lives where you're just trying to preserve comfortability in your life. Maybe, I know I've done this when I've stepped out and I've tried to be successful at something and that involves taking a risk. And then maybe I didn't quite make my goal exactly or it didn't work out how I wanted it to. And then I got upset and I just kind of went back to my preserve my comfortability. And I just kind of went back into this play it safe and do everything that makes me feel comfortable because I was too scared to step out again. And I think you know, to really achieve success, then there has, you can't stay in a level of comfortability all the time because it's going to involve some risk and risk is going to involve um, pain sometimes or unmet expectations or failure even. But I don't think you can achieve success if you are always trying to stay in a level of comfortability. You know, and I think uh, even taking that a step further, you know, I think about just life as people who want to pursue Jesus and, and grow in our relationship with him. And I think about even my life, and there's been times where I've had to take those risks or even what I would refer to it as steps of faith, you know, because I think it's when we take those risks that it takes the control out of our hands and puts it back into God's hands. And that's when we feel the most vulnerable because then it's, it's putting our words in action and saying, you know what, I actually do trust that God has my back and what's best for me rather than us trying to figure it out. And and even in thinking in situations back in my life, the times that I did that, yes, that was kind of vulnerable, but I knew at the core, all right, God's got this, and I'm along for the ride, even though it might have its ups and downs. I mean, we were talking in the off show about you know people like Paul and a lot of the other early church leaders. They took calculated risks knowing that, hey, you know what? 
I'm going to do this because I believe and trust in God, and I know what could happen. I mean, even you go back to the Old Testament, you look at, at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't know for certain that God was going to rescue them from the fire. That wasn't a calculated risk. No, you know, they just said, <laughs> we're going to do this, yeah. you know, even if it means that we die. Yeah. You know, and that was the, that's the crazy thing. You look at the story, it's like, even if but he didn't save us. How did they get there, though? You know, by living it like that. Okay, the process. The I mean, process, somewhere right? along the way, they learned, you know, if you look in Daniel at the beginning, it, it, when, when they were just going to eat the food and they weren't supposed to, right. I mean, Daniel said they resolved in their heart not to, eat, not to defile themselves. Yeah. So they had already decided on that level mm-hmm. before the furnace. You know, you're talking about process, and and in the process, here's what I find. I've had young people come to me, and I've been. This is my 49th summer here, and I was here when it started. I'm 60 years old, and I have young people coming saying, "I want what you have," and I'm thinking, "There's a process involved. Mm. You can't have what I have. I mean, I can give you as much as I can give you." But there's no possible way I can give you the experiences and the, you know, you have to go through those. I can be there to help you go through them. I can tell you what I've learned along the way, but you cannot skip the process. You cannot have what I have. You have to go through the process to get what I have. And, and that's your decision. And the process isn't evil. But, but I see this everywhere. The normal young person, they grow up in America. They live with mom and dad. They get married. And what do they want? They want a house like they left. Not realizing that mom and dad spent 40 years getting there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They spent 40 years getting to that house. But we want to start with that house. Well, what are we going to do in 40 years then? What happened to struggle and process? My parents say, you know, the, the, the old board routine where they come and tell you, we used to live above your aunt in a one room. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, dad, right, got it. But you know what? When I got married... I lived above my brother in her one room. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. did. And, and, then, and then we eventually got a different place and a different place. It's really interesting to see how, how many times we're frustrated because we're looking at somebody that's at the other end of the process and we're wanting what they have. Without the process, hmm. it doesn't happen. Learn from them. Go to them and ask. They will help you through the process. But, but if you want faith, if you want to learn to have faith in God, Go talk to somebody who has faith in God and then allow yourself to be in positions where you have to make decisions that demonstrate faith in God. And through the process, you will gain faith in God. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden you're just going to have, you know, no problems trusting God. It's going to come through a process. Be willing to go through the process and, and embrace it and let the older people in your life, because believe it or not, if they actually have been through the process themselves and they love God and they trust God, they will encourage you in the process. They won't discourage you because they've already seen the process work. They've seen it. So they're going to tell you, hang in there. A a young parent comes to me, Jason, you're about to have a second child in your life and you're about to embark on summer camp and that kind of thing. I've been there. Mm -hmm. See, so I, I, and I would not relieve you of anything that's coming, but I would encourage you in the process because it's going to make you a better man and a better husband and a better leader. See, I've already done that, and I see that it did that. And some people might look and say, I want to relieve you of something. I I wouldn't do that. I would say, learn how to. I talked to another young man today who's going to have a a child in July, his first baby, and and he was talking about, well, where do priorities go? And I said, well, 
actually the number one priority is your your love of God, your love for your wife, your love for your children, and whatever God's called you to in, in the work world, that you probably are not going to spend a whole lot of time just watching television and doing this and doing that. You're, you're going to be spending time dying to yourself and being around the thing. And he looked at me and I said, no, really, that's the best way to do it. It's a process thing you'll learn. You can't be about yourself and other people. God doesn't allow that. And and so as soon as you learn that, you'll be okay. But if you have try, if you're trying to make it about yourself and about them and about work, look out. It's it's not going to work. This is a time where you step up to the plate and learn that it can't be about you. It has to be about God and others and what God's given you to do in this life. And in that, you will find satisfaction, I promise, because you're made to do that. And he, and he looked at me just, thank you. I mean, I'm glad I, because I was trying to figure out how do you balance all this stuff. Well, just don't be about you, and you'll balance it just fine. From what I'm hearing from you, Dave, it is your attitude. It is. And your attitude is just how you approach the situation. You may not have even the right skill set for the situation. You might not be in the, the uh. best, the optimal situation, but... If you have an attitude that's willing to go through it, even in the short term, I mean, there's there's an opportunity for success there. But if you have a bad attitude and you have just a I can't do this attitude, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. I'm just going to I'm going to yeah. wing it. Uh, that's that's not going to work well. For Everybody's you. the same. I mean, Jason, have you ever had two children before? Nope. Ah, this can be new. It will be new. Yeah, and by the time he gets used to it, he's going to have a third or something. It's like you're like, Pfft, no kidding. I, it's like you're always in the middle. <laughs> it's like you're always in the middle of something new. Before I got married, I was never married before. Yep. So this was new. It's like, wow. When I got used to being married, I had a kid. I, I never was married and had a kid. And now I was married and had two children. Now I was married, had a toddler, and, a, and a, you know, I mean, and it goes on. Pretty yeah. soon I got a teenager. Never had a teenager before. Mm. You know, it's really funny how as soon as you get used to it, it changes. <laughs> and, and you've never been there. So it's like, how am I supposed to do this? Well, relax. Go talk to somebody who has been there and enjoy the process. Don't freak out. People have made it through centuries, and, and they've done well. Just find someone who, who has gone through the process and talk to them. If you come to me and tell me, Jason, you come to me and tell me, boy, I'm tired. He's up at night. I go, yeah, boy, that's a bummer. You're going, boy, that's comforting. No, it'll end one day. I mean, you've got to go through it for right now. I'm sorry. That's what kids do. And you know what? I, I could come over there and give you a hot dog or something and make you feel good or whatever I need to do. But Sounds I, good to me. You know? Hot dog does the body good. What yeah, can I say? Yeah. Show notes are under our website, HopeNet360.com. This conversation will wrap up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Wrapping things up tonight. It's been a great conversation, guys, and we're glad you've been a part of it. You can still jump on the tweet back, hang out with us on Twitter, share your thoughts, and I know there's somebody else that can relate to these kinds of feelings, and maybe your story kind of intersects a bit with what we're talking about. Chat with us right now on the tweet back. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara K. We've been chatting on the show, and we're kind of wrapping things up. I mean, this is a bigger conversation. A lot of people are struggling with these kinds of feelings today of just being done with whatever season they're in or whatever classes they're in or even maybe their job, their workplace. You just have the sense of, 
I just don't feel like I have it all together. I just want to be done. It just doesn't seem worth it anymore. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Asking all these difficult questions that seem like they have no answers to. And so, Dave, you've been a mentor of many young men and women who have come through your programs for the years. Say you got a college kid who's coming to you and saying, you know, I just feel like I'm done. I'm not in my element. Something's not working out here. Uh, what, what should I do? How should I approach this? Do I just give up? No, you know what? I usually ask them to tell me what, what they would dream about in the future for themselves. What do they see themselves doing? Because it's really a matter of focus. And, and if what they're doing right now doesn't fit into that, I'll, I'll usually talk to them about that and say, well, maybe we need to switch what you're doing. But then I'll stop and, and tell them there's a great discipline you need to learn. You need to learn to finish strong no matter what you're doing. You do not quit things. If you have an obligation in school, if you're if you're in school and it's this time of year and you need to finish, finish strong, whether you feel like it or not. Get in the habit of learning how to do that. That's a good thing to do, whether you like it or not. Just learn to do it. Remember, we've talked on this program before. Satan loves to work from the body to take over the mind. In other words, to have your feelings, your emotions, your, your hormones, whatever, rule you rather than your brain. God works from the brain to the body. So, so what you need to do is beat your body into subjection at this point and say, look, I need to finish strong. Now, if you're in the wrong direction, fine. Go talk to people that we, you know, go talk to people that, that are where you want to be and that kind of thing and get yourself another direction and start to, to make plans for the future that'll be different. But don't abandon your responsibilities now. Finish it. And, and you will be glad that you did. I, I encourage uh, those that work with us in the summer, our MBI students, you know, they start thinking sometimes about what's next for them. And when they do that, they start not working like they should. Mm-hmm. And I always take them aside if I see that and say, look, here's a skill in life you need to learn. You need to finish strong. Uh, a quick story. My dad, when he was leaving a camp, he started a camp in southern Wisconsin. I was a little boy. I was five years old. And, and I remember we were leaving, and he pulled up, and he stopped. And he was gone for a while, and I, I asked what he was doing. He was, he, they had built a chapel there, and he was putting up the lights in the chapel. Because it wasn't finished, and he didn't want to leave it unfinished. He wanted to finish the job before he left. And I thought, and, and I'm, I'm now 60 years old, I still remember that. It, there's an importance to finishing what you start. Whether you want to, whether it's going to benefit you or not, that's not the case. You, you need to practice finishing well. And that's what I would encourage. If someone came to me and said that, that's what I would encourage them to do. And then refocus on what you think you need to do in the future so that you can at least see that what you're doing today has some impact for you in the future. We talked a lot of, about a lot of different scenarios. And if any of those resonated with you or you're thinking, yeah, that sounds a lot like me, another great thing to do is just to go and talk to someone like Dave said or just get with... A a group of people. I mean, that's always what's great about coming to church or coming to a small group. Um, we mentioned earlier in the program, I'll just say it again, we have conferences coming up, great conferences. Um, I'm going to be speaking at a women's conference in Oshkosh at the Community Church in Oshkosh on April 16th. Um, it's from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's called Sisterhood Hope, and you can check that out on hopenet360.com. It's a great time to come together. We're going to be having a great speaker. Harmony Dust is the main speaker, but I'll be sharing some too. It's a great time to come together and hear, be inspired by someone else's story and how God brought them from a difficult situation to where they are now. And I think that would really inspire you. Maybe you didn't quite have the same experience, but I think you'll be able to learn something and it'll resonate with you. So I think there's just a lot of hope in community and getting together with others and 
you'll find out that there were other people that were going through the exact same thing that you went through or, or very similar, and you can find hope in that, and you can find direction in that. You know, one of the things, as I think about the show, Dave talking about a process, you know, when we're in the thick of things, and sometimes when things don't make sense, and we're down on ourselves, I think we need to remind ourselves about the process, you know, and even surrounding ourselves with people that can challenge us and push us to become better. Because I even look back at my life, and I look at those moments where things didn't make sense, but it was during those times where people were there to remind me of the bigger process and the bigger goal of what we're about. You know, and it's more than just the, our life here. It's about eternity. It's about our relationship with God. And it's about how we can continue to grow in that and realizing that everything that happens to us is for a reason and for a purpose. I mean, James talks about that, you know, in his letter, you know, how there's trials and temptations and different things that we face. And it, it's so that it brings about perseverance and that perseverance, you know, brings about more of our dependence on God, which is ultimately where God wants us to be at, is he wants us to be fully dependent on him. And that's that's why we go through these different processes. And, and really, that's what that's what kind of summarizes what a successful person is. You know, it's it's not necessarily, you know, getting a certain job or making a certain amount of money. It's, all right, am I, you know, pursuing Christ as best I can in the circumstances that he has me in in these moments? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of comfort in that. And for those who are feeling like they're just worn out, burning out, and and wanting to shift gears and do something entirely different, what Dave said is important, and I, I resonate with that. The finishing strong part of it is not something that comes naturally. When when you and I are done, when guys get done with something, we just tend to be done. Like our mind goes in a totally different direction. We just give up. We just stop focusing on it, and you know we just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And I'll tell you, attitude breeds attitude. If you got a, a stinking attitude, it's going to affect other people. Say you're you're ready to leave your job or whatever, and you know it. Maybe you're coming up on retirement. Maybe you're just looking for the next job that you're going to take, and so you begin to just kind of drift off and and start dreaming about that next place. Well, that's going to affect the people that are still working there, that are still you know trying to do their job and do it well. It's going to affect them. So this idea of finishing strong, yeah, it's not a natural thing. It's something we have to work at. But I can tell you, just from what Dave said in my own personal experience, that's become my thing. And I, I really feel like it's an important thing, whether you're playing with an athletic team right now and you guys have just done some tournaments, maybe you're in the midst of that process, maybe it seems like, you know, your athletic season's winding down and you guys aren't doing very well, I'll just kind of, you know, coast through it. Well, no, a coach will always tell you, finish strong. Put everything into it until the very final whistle. It's the same thing. I mean, they, they talk about that in the NFL. So if you watch any of these games, they play zero to 60. I mean, they go all the way. They go all in. For me, it was I played 90 minutes of soccer. It was you go all in. You don't give up when you're down three to nothing. I mean, because you just never know. There aren't any guarantees in life. And so it's really easy when you get in that funk, when you start giving into that attitude that, oh, I just can't do this anymore. I'm so tired. I don't want to do this test. I, I just, maybe it's just better if I just fail this class because I'll be at least happier in the short term. I might not be happy long term, but you know, maybe I just give up and start over and do it again. Well, that's not, you're not learning anything from that. You're not persevering. Perseverance is a great trait to understand, but it only comes through moments of adversity. It only comes through those moments where you feel like you're at the end of yourself. That's where perseverance kicks in. You don't just get perseverance. You don't just get those kinds of wanting to finish strong without actually having to finish strong when you don't want to. And that's, like you said, Dave, it's a difficult lesson to learn, but if you learn it now, and for those who are young who are listening to the show, you learn this thing now, you get this under your belt, you do it once, and then you do it again, you do it again. 
pretty soon, I mean, you're going to be a young man, a young woman that people can rely on. Yeah, it might not be comfortable. Yeah, you might be miserable. Yeah, it might not feel like it's the most fun thing or best point of your life. But you know what? You're going to encourage somebody. You might even inspire somebody to understand what it means to persevere. You just have no idea how those simple actions, that simple attitude of just deciding not to quit, not to give up, but to persevere can have an impact on someone's life. And so this is the end of our show tonight. A lot of discussion happening on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Check out tonight's show notes on our website, which is also where our podcast will be posted later on tonight. Hopenet360.com is the place. Of course, live coaches are hanging out. And you can go and chat with one of them right now on our website. For all of us on the show, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Later.